0: Definitely. And he became the gold standard. Like at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? As an MC, you know, we all want to be recognized for our our talent. He's done that. You know, he's recognized for his business acumen. We all want to be, want that, you know, to be us. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he's tried, he's failed. You know what I'm saying? It bounced back, got stronger. You know, he became the gold standard through longevity of, you know, of a great career and still going. So like, you know.
1: Hi. I'm Aaron and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle. That will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with uh, an amazing artist, Ready Rock D. Uh, I absolutely love, I've been listening to your music for a, for a little while now, and to be honest, do you know my favorite part of what you've been doing is your soul samples. Your beat selection has been awesome, and if you haven't heard of him, make sure you check him out. He's worked with some greats in hip-hop. RJ Payne, uh, to me, probably tops the the list. Ricky Hyde as well. King Loss. Literally, the list goes on and on and on. And also, if you want some classic hip-hop, grimy street shit. You know where to go because, uh, yeah, man, you're definitely bringing it, and you've got the bars, you've got the beat selection. I literally just saved probably in the last couple of days like 10 tracks on my Spotify. So, word, uh, man, I man, appreciate you coming through.
0: Oh, uh, no, nah, I appreciate you having me, man. And what an intro, you know what I'm saying? So I love it, man. I appreciate you getting behind my music, Now, nah, I mean? It mean everything to me. So, yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it?
1: Well, man, my pleasure. And to be honest, like the one thing that I did want to talk to you about was like your your actual beat selection because like it is difficult to choose the right beats. I feel like a lot of artists struggle at the moment, especially they're caught in like a weird world between trying to sound modern but also trying to sound like they like find their actual voice. But it feels (laughs) like you found your voice and you know exactly what type of beats to choose. How did you work on that?
0: I think it's just kind of like uh, just MC shit, trial and error. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of times I think a lot of overthinking goes into making projects and, you know, all that shit. But to me, it was just pick a beat that I feel matches the energy that I'm in, in at that, in that, that time and then I just go off and I don't have any set rules. I don't have any, you know, everything has to be a 16-bar verse, you know, eight-bar hook and, you know, Three three choruses. I don't really have any fucking rules. I just do what I feel is natural. And then, um, yeah, I kind of just go off that vibe. I mean?
1: Do you feel like artists are stuck in like set rules? Is that the vibe that you get that others are just like, you know, they've seen success in other artists. And so they're like, oh, now I got to do X, Y, Z. And then don't really have the creative flexibility that they should.
0: Definitely. It's a copy and paste game. You know what I'm saying? You, a lot of times the internet is. The biggest influence so you see what's working and then you try to emulate that a little bit and i just feel like we all subconsciously kind of just we influence by the timeline you know what i'm saying so it take a lot of discipline to kind of stay in your own lane stay in your own zone type shit so yeah i definitely think it's a it's a huge influence out there when it comes to what's successful versus what you should do you know what i'm saying
1: well how do you how do you split it like how in your own head how do you define you know what success looks like but also while sticking to your own brand because i think everybody tries to do that like of course yeah like i do that when it comes to podcasting like i look at successful podcasts and i'm like this is what they do but how do you actually make sure that you stick to what you know but also make sure that you know the business is taken care of as well
0: yeah no that's a great question i think um it's like the never-ending balance of trying to figure this whole shit out you know what i mean and i think ultimately you want to be someone that's true to yourself that way if you're ever approached about your music or you know if anyone has any questions about your background you don't have to guess you don't got to think you know what i'm saying you don't got to over exaggerate scenarios and situations so if you try to it's kind of like the old the old saying just be yourself type shit but i honestly feel you still have to do some form some form of conforming just because of where we at in 2022 you know what i'm saying like if you are raw, if you are raw spitter, you know, you're definitely going to want your hardcore audience to love your raw bars. But at some point, you don't want to have that ceiling there where you can't grow it. You can't grow your fan base, you know, so you want to try different new things. Plus, it's like for me, I feel like I could do all the shit they could do and I could do what I do. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times. We also don't want to box ourselves in, so that's kind of like the yin and yang. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to box yourself in to being just a straight boom bap lyricist. Sometimes you hear a trap beat and you go, "Oh shit, I can rock that shit too." You know what I'm saying? And know what I mean? And that shit hard. You know what I mean? And I just—it's a never-ending balance. There's no, there's no right or wrong way to approach it. But for me personally, like the, even the artists that I that I listen to, they stay true to who they are pretty much throughout the most of their career, you know what I'm saying? And I that's what I strive to kind of be in that mold.
1: Well, who did you, who are you referring to when you listened to them? Like it was, cause I read Heavy D was one of your like favorite artists, but do you have others that were like, you know, really influential for you And you're like, are they maintain their brand really well? Like they maintained who they were, oh, yeah. but also the artist.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And even with a uh, Heavy D, you know, rest in peace, Heavy D to me, like, that's that's it pretty much explains what I was saying before like there's a balance there's different type of different type of music people fall in love with but like with heavy d he's like the first hip-hop memory that I got so when anybody ever asked me yo how did you fall in love with hip-hop or whatever the case is you know what I'm saying like it know that's the first childhood memory me being a kid him doing a diddly 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 and all that shit and that was just like it was cool he was like the lover boy you know what I'm saying like so that was my first memory but who I, who I fuck with, like from an influential side, like I'm from, I'm originally from Yonkers, New York. So heavy DMX, heavy locks, the Kiss Styles, P, Sheik, Looch, um, Lloyd Banks. Um, I just think he's incredible. Um, there's a bunch of incredible MCs. Nas, of course. Um, of course, Jay. But yeah, like if I'm staying hometown shit, definitely X locks. That, that that was definitely like my next influence in terms of you know i need to do this shit i need to be at that level
1: well i th- you mentioned lloyd banks lloyd banks to me has had an interesting career because obviously uh-huh. he's part of g-unit he's obviously an incredible lyricist and arguably you know the best lyricist probably pretty close with 50 cent but like for whatever reason i feel like he hasn't got the same credit that he deserved like it's a weird kind of kind of world because 50 cent is obviously the superstar and then yeah. you've got lloyd banks and you've got young buck and you've got the the g unit people but like they're still extremely talented artists but they just never made it on their own
0: yeah i think um for banks i think it was a uh the boom of social media and all this shit, like not everybody is for this shit. You know what I'm saying? So like with, with social media, it comes with, you know, having to always take new pictures, having to always have new videos, you know, speaking your mind all the time on Twitter. Like, and I think, you know, just me outside looking in, I don't know him personally. I met him a couple times as I opened up for him, but like, I just think he ain't that type of person to just be, you know, doing 50 million Instagram posts and TikToks and all that shit. He just want the music to speak for itself. And like a lot of times we get, we get distracted by all that shit and then you don't even care about the music. You know what I'm saying? You just, you just focus on what the what the look is or what the image is. And I just think he got caught in between the boom of social media and the, the end of an era where you actually had to be outside. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that's what, what happened with terms of like why he ain't, Kanye West level, you know what I'm saying? Because to me, he's like, he's like one of the, the rarest talents in the game. Um, and he should be at that level. And to me, he's at that level in terms of the artistry, but you know, in terms of how he's perceived or whatever, that could be that could be it. You know what I'm saying? That's just respectfully. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I mean, he dropped his album last year as well. That was really good. Like, but again, uh-huh. I feel like it's it's a it's a weird world to be in because it's not you can't let the music speak for itself because it's a real business these days. Like these days, if you don't get the promotion, right. If you don't get the distribution, right. If you don't get it in front of the right people. And if you're not, you know, and especially these days, cause you, you're not, people aren't performing. So it's not it's like you're right. doing a tour. So it really is all internet based. I feel like, you know, and 50 cent actually said in his book that he was like, yo banks, you got to get on Instagram and you got to yeah. do because you're you said you're one of the best lyricists out there, but like you got to be coming up with witty shit so that people yeah. fuck with. It. I feel like that's what 50 Cent has done really well.
0: Yeah, no, he, he's, he's right, you know, because it's a necessary evil. You know what I'm saying? Like if it was up to me, I would never be on the Internet. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the, my personality just doesn't call for it. You know what I'm saying? But like it, at the same time, I'm not here doing an interview with you. If it wasn't for the internet, you get what I'm saying? So you have to be out there. You have to get the exposure that the internet gives you. You know what I mean? And you're right. The music isn't enough just to speak for itself. Um, I just think that's probably what his mentality is. You know what I mean? And that's probably why you don't see him as much, you know, posting and social media and all that shit. And I can relate to that shit too, but it's a necessary evil. It's a necessary evil. You got to get out there. You got to push yourself. We we live in a world with algorithms. What the fuck is an algorithm? Yeah. No one has able been no one is able to clearly explain to me what the fuck is an algorithm. You know what I mean? And I just feel like you just gotta keep putting yourself out there. You gotta give yourself as much cracks at it as possible, big or small, artists big or small, it don't matter. You gotta just keep pushing yourself out there.
1: You know, the fuck thing is they change the algorithm all the time. So mm-hmm. they're always messing with it. So, like of course,
0: because you just said like with the ads and shit, you know, like if you want if I'm a business. I'm going to fuck up the algorithm so I can make more money on the advertisers. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I get it. You know what I mean? Like I almost get it anyway.
1: But the the weird thing is that like, you know, because you're an artist, right? So there's no, there's no real algorithm for what you do. But then when you go to promotion, you got to have like a structure, you got to have like a plan. And it's, it's such a weird kind of dichotomy that everybody lives in. It's like, you know, the art itself needs to feel real, but then the business needs to be so structured and so planned and so thought out that it's like, you really need to have a good team around you. No one can do, them, yeah. do it by themselves.
0: It's so hard, man. And for years, like, uh, you know, I've been fighting that battle too. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to figure out, you know, you know, the team, trying to figure out, you know, the time, just having time to social media, takes time, you know, marketing, marketing and promotion takes time. You know what I'm saying? And, you know if you're a family man or if you if you got other business endeavors you know you got to kind of be disciplined enough to structure your schedule to do all this shit you know what i'm saying and it just it's, it's a net, it come with the game it come with the game in 2022 you know back in you know 20 years ago you know early 2000s and before that it was good enough to be talented get put in under a machine and have them do the marketing and promotion for you you know now half that is cut out because of the internet, you know, half of that is cut out. So you gotta, you gotta move with the times. You know what I'm saying?
1: But on the flip side, back in those days, if you didn't get signed, no one knows who you are. No
0: one. Yeah. Yeah, so like, yeah. You kind of you know, become like folk legend. Know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Like they talk about you, like, like I've interviewed people and they talk about, you know, names that I've never heard before, but it's like, you know, I remember this person from when I was growing up and they were really good. They just never, Got a machine behind them, and so no one knows who they are. Whereas these days, you don't need a machine, you need to figure out your own shit. You need to figure out because well, I think this is the most ever that there's been unsigned artists to label. For
0: sure. Yeah, it's it's the most unsigned artists because there are more artists. You get what I'm saying? Like a lot of a lot of people are experimenting with becoming MCs or becoming rappers or singers or whatever the case is because of the exposure you get from the internet. So naturally you know people who would just be consumers of the art they they're now experiencing they're experimenting with the art you know what i'm saying so that's kind of naturally growing how many unstyled artists there is and stuff like that and it's, it's 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 beautiful and at the same time it's it's some bullshit you know what i'm saying so it is <laughs> what it is
1: but i feel like the, the now it's just a noise like you got to find your like you got to make enough noise to get attention yeah. it's so it, yeah it because like i know like before you needed to get radio play like it was yep. all radio play that's why if you if your tracks were getting played on the radio you were going big and people were buying your yeah. shit whereas now obviously radio doesn't really have the same influence and now consumers have dis- their own decisions like spotify catalogs just gets bigger and bigger and bigger Artists make shit all from Spotify plays anyway. But like, it's just like this strange world. Like, I feel like it would be so overwhelming once you realize what you got to do to be successful.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, if you choose to be an artist, you got to know that this is probably the hardest industry to become successful in because it takes a whole bunch of stars to align. You know what I mean? Like, even like as the... the the local of local MCs, you're doing open mics, you're doing showcases, you're doing all sorts of, you know, I don't care what you do, karaoke nights, whatever you do to get a crowd. You're doing all that before you can even think about sniffing the stage and open up to a, for a bigger artist or having your songs played on local radio and stuff like that. So it's so many steps that people don't see before they even get to the point of being on a radio or getting their video exposed by a bigger platform. It's just so much, it's just so much steps that you got to take as an artist. And it's kind of, the line gets pushed back, like the goalpost gets pushed back as you continue to grow. You know what I'm saying? So they'll say, Hey, you need to, you know, you need to have, Quality looking videos You need to have Radio station play You need to have all that shit And then once you get that It's oh Now you need to do this Now you need to do this So it's a never ending grind You gotta really love this shit
1: And all of that costs money
0: Of course Hell yeah Hell yeah and, but, and- but even going back To what you were saying With the Spotify's And all that Like It brought up a thought When you said that Because I remember when I first First started doing this shit And putting out music It was for free and, you know, and you did the free that Piff platforms or you did, you pressed up your mixtapes and if they didn't want to buy it off you for five or ten dollars, you just gave that shit away because you ain't want them shit stacking up in your closet. You know what I'm saying? So, like, a lot of times, a lot of times, the Spotify, they paying 0.0000001 cent or whatever the case is, and that shit is trash. Industry needs to fix that. We need to, you know, rework that part of the game. But that's still... One cent more than what I was getting on that pith. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's still one cent more than my free mixtape that I was handing out. So if you can learn how to balance it out and and you know just try to push it to these playlists, you know what I'm saying? Then you can get something out of it monetarily. You know what I mean? And you know figure out, figure out the rest later.
1: Yeah, I think it's just weird because Spotify is clearly the biggest player in the game. They Definitely. they have beaten Apple Music. They've just destroyed them. But now that they're the biggest, there's no real return. for. Like I heard that to make them, once you get a million streams, you get five mm-hmm. grand, yeah. five grand for a million. And a million is a fucking ton of streams. Like, right? you know, how many artists are getting a million a month? Like, know. you know what I mean? I yeah. And they're only making 5k on that. Yep. But like, yeah. you know, how much business do they bring Spotify? It's such, especially because like,
0: you know, it's hard. It's hard, man. Go ahead though, it's hard. It's hard. And I I I say that because the platform that Spotify is giving you, it's kind of hard to also put that, put a price on that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, our numbers could be increasing. Trust me, I'm pro-artist. You know, fuck all the bullshit. You know, I'm I'm all with the NFTs and everybody paying three thousand dollars for a CD. That shit is dope, you know what I'm saying? But from a platform standpoint. You get, I'm like, I'll check my Spotify for artists, and they'll say someone in Croatia is playing my shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting here like, wow, somebody fucks with me from Croatia. With the how much would I pay? You know, to have people listening to me in Croatia. You know what I'm saying? So, it it sucks. You know what I'm saying? It sucks with the whole. You got to play that game, but it, it's pros and cons to it. You know what I'm saying? And even if someone is getting a million organic listeners then that is leverage to go do other shit you know what i'm saying so now your show should be doing something you know what i'm saying like especially in with the data that they give you where your songs is being listened you know you know from and shit you know if you're getting a bunch of plays in in certain cities then you can set up a little tour hit up those cities and those fans if they catch word that you out there now you're getting money from those tours you know and Hey, man, you make the most of it. But the industry got to be reworked to get more money for our streams and stuff. You know, I don't think we figured out that glitch yet. But, you know, independence is on the rise. So we'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, I think now that more people are talking about it, that something will happen. I mean, there's there's always going to be a point where, like, you know, I see a gap in the market and there will be another business that's like, you know what? We may not be as big, but we'll give you a higher return. And yeah, so you put yeah. your shit out on both of them. And so yeah. now people like, oh, this is pro artist. So now I'm gonna listen to this. And so it's like a it's like an inevitable kind of wave that business goes in. It's like what happened with Uber and with taxis yes. that like yes, gave consumers exactly. more control and now taxis have had to adapt and they're trying to become more like Uber. But yep. you know, having said that, we're both on Spotify, you and I. So, you know, we exactly. talk, shit, but at the same <laughs> time, like it is important, as you said.
0: Super important, super important. And even even with the analogy that, that you said, like the the way I see it is the music, it it doesn't even it doesn't have the value if it's not being heard. You get what I'm saying? So we can have the greatest albums and the greatest songs, but if it ain't being heard by a bunch of people then that shit just goes into the dust and then as an artist you're frustrated so now you're on album number 16 and you're just now getting your exposure so the good thing is people go back to album number 1 <laughs> and now and now your streams get to go up and you make money off a catalog that you dropped years ago you know what i'm saying so it's it's no way around it you know what i mean like unless the industry is literally just reworked from the grassroots we got to just adjust with this shit and figure it out. You know what I mean? And even with the, with the platforms that give you like, um, so let's use like a band camp, for example, they'll give you the option to pay artists the amount that they select or more. So that's, you know, if you're a pro artist and you're, you're a super fan, go buy that project that is being streamed, go buy, go spend $10, $20 on, you know, and, that, that goes a long way in supporting that independent artist, And then you can still have the Spotify account and stream the shit out of it. But they gave you an option to buy it and support the art. You know, and I encourage fans to do that. You know, that way you can own a piece of the digital art. You know, maybe it's an MP3 download or a wave download, um, maybe some cover art, you know, stuff like that. And then you got the convenience of your $10, $20, whatever you pay for Spotify a month, wherever, wherever country you're at. And You get to listen and stream that shit all you want, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, there's ways for the fans to step up to and and say, Hey, you know, if I really if I really rock already rock D, I'm gonna go buy the album and I'm gonna go stream this shit. You know what I'm saying?
1: And Patreon as well changed the game as well.
0: Ooh, Patreon.
1: Oh, yeah, that shit is amazing for us because you can sell your merch, you can sell you know, you give the fans, especially now during COVID where you can't really tour, you can still give them like the customizable experience of like, hey, I'm going to do like an open forum, like almost like this, but you do it for like, you know, 500 people or whatever, and, or you you can do a show or you can do. So I think, you know, if you combine it all, you can really do well. Like you just can't limit yourself to one platform.
0: Yeah. The Patreon model, I think is something that everybody is trying to get. Too, you know what I'm saying? Where it's super artist friendly, but yet it makes a lot of business sense. You know what I'm saying? So I think everybody is striving to work their business in the Patreon format. You know, by utilizing whatever platforms that's available to you. You know what I'm saying? So they they offer they offer a dope format, and I just think that if the if the entire industry was Patreon format, it would be much better. But I don't think the exposure would it would it would it wouldn't be there. You know, so it, it, you would lose it. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's just, yeah, you can only go to
1: Patreon if you know what you're looking for. Like, it's really hard to be discovered on Patreon. Yep. Like, you know,
0: exactly. That's a better word. Yep, yeah,
1: exactly. But do you know, when you were saying that there are albums that never see the light of day, it just makes me think of the Wu-Tang album that, you know, has never seen the light of day. You know, that right, could be the right. greatest album of all time, but <laughs> exactly. you know, no <laughs> one knows. Only, I think only the the guy who bought the rights. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah,
0: the, yeah. What's the dude name? He bought it. He bought it for like a million or some shit, right?
1: Yeah, and I think maybe I think Jay Z said that he was working on buying it or something. I heard, but I doubt he's bought it. But like, it feels like he's just gonna hold on to it until he dies. That guy.
0: I hope I hope Jay Z get a chance to buy that shit, man. I hope he do. I hope he do, because uh, that shit is going to waste. And like you said, like especially as a hardcore Wu-Tang fan myself and, you know, millions of fans worldwide, like, we we deserve to at least hear the shit one time, you know
1: what I'm saying? Yeah, it's weird to me that he wouldn't release it, you know, because, like, he could make so much money off that. You know what I mean? Like, to me, business-wise, I'm like, Wu-Tang, I think maybe, you know, even 10 years ago, maybe more, but, like, now because, you know, the, the heat off Wu Tang isn't what it used to be, but like he could have, you know, sold that shit like crazy.
0: Yeah, but we made a mistake as a culture because we let we let that we let him buy it. You get what I'm saying? Like it, the buying process should have been screened. You know what I'm saying? Like for the person to with the most money just to buy this shit, the money doesn't mean much to him. So the million dollars or whatever, how much he spent on the Wu Tang album, it was pocket change to him. So from a, he doesn't really want to give back to the culture? it was just a, a trophy for him you know
1: yeah well I mean how do you feel about you know people buying rights and like having rights to to music and stuff like that like how do you reflect on that kind of stuff
0: um the artist in me feels that every artist should have as much of the rights to their music as possible Sometimes you're forced to sell, not forced, bad word, but sometimes you negotiate to sell some of your rights for for money, you know, whether it's upfront money um, to take care of your family or to fund future projects and stuff like that. So you give up some of your ownership that with the understanding of that, I'm okay with what I'm not okay with is the percentage that industries kind of know you're going to bite on based on your, the circumstances you come from. So if you come from a, if you come from a, you know, poverty stricken environment and you never seen a hundred thousand dollars before, you know, a lot, nine times out of 10, you're going to take a hundred thousand dollars in exchange for 90% of your freaking publishing. You know what I'm saying? And if you're a dirty little hood cat, you don't, you don't even know what the fuck is publishing. So you're like, all right, man, I, I never seen a hundred bands before, let me get that. And that right there. Has to change with the education, you know, what we learn now, you know, not to sign every piece of paper they put in front of us and stuff like that. But I'm always gonna be pro-artist, keep as much percentage as possible. Now, being a business person, you also have to understand that this is a business. And if you is you as an artist, you got a choice. If so, if I was worth a $2 million signing bonus then maybe I have enough value to do some things independent. Do I want to put in the work and the, and, and the hustle to, to get the most out of it? Or do I want to exchange that and partner up with the big machine to get to have them do all the work and me get paid whatever I get paid? So I don't know if that answers your question, but I don't think there is an answer to that question. I just think it's a, it's a culture thing that we got to figure out. I think rights, like it's a shame when people, you know, God bless, you know, all the MCs and stuff that we lost over the last few years. Their estates are fighting for money. These artists have millions millions of fans worldwide. Like, their estates are fighting for money. It's just like, come on, man. We got to do better than that, you know? Like, even, like, you got the big labels holding rights to artists who, who pass away. You got, you know, maybe it's former managers or former anything that's holding on to money. It's just like, dang, man. Like, you got, these artists have kids, and their kids have to get minimum wage paying jobs, you know what I'm saying? Because the state is all fucked up, you know what I mean? And they shouldn't have to when they're, they're you know, whether it's their mother or their father, were huge artists in the game and generated millions and millions on top of millions for these big companies, you know, their kids should be straight for the rest of their life, you know? So it, it sucks, man.
1: Yeah, I feel like the weird thing is everybody knows, but they don't know. You know not to sign the piece of paper, but they woo you into it. they like, because they got a machine behind them. You know, it's not the first time around the rodeo. They're taking you to nice dinners. You know, they're getting you to meet this person, that person. You know, they're like, oh, this person signed. And so, like, you'll be able to work here and this producer. And then all of a sudden you're like. All right, I'll sign it because it's yeah. it look it's it's way better than anything you've ever had before. Like you said, like if you've never made a hundred thousand dollars in your life and the most you've made is ten grand, a yep. hundred thousand is ten x, and you're like, I'll right. I'll sell whatever I need to sell to make exactly. that money because exactly. I'm desperate enough. Or and but it, the real thing is, you never really know what they'll want to do with you. Like you worked with John Connor and I, I spoke to John Connor and, you know, he was at Dre for five years and everyone yes. thought it would be the greatest thing in his career, but he cooled um, off. Yep. Because yep. they didn't drop the album, but and now he almost has to rebuild. And he's, his outlook is really good, but like I can imagine any other, like if it was me and I was at a label for five years and I dropped no music, I'd be really angry.
0: Oh, hell yeah. You know, like I, I stress out all the time with just trying to figure out, you know, when is the right time to drop new music? And I got and I got the freedom to do it. You know what I mean? So, but it's to be in that position, gotta be the roughest thing ever, especially for Connor. And shout out to John Connor, you know, um incredible MC. And uh, you know, I would consider him a dope, a dope, a dope, elite lyricist um that the world needs to know. And I collaborated with him. He's super, he's super crazy. But to be in that position, I know he was having, he was battling that shit every day because I know how much he loved his shit, you know.
1: And, you know, and, and then I think of artists like the Lady of Rage who was also on Trey, on and she mm-hmm. is one of the greatest female artists, well, one of the greatest artists, but she only dropped one project and it was the at the end of the Death Row era. Uh-huh. But, like, but she fell behind artists like Snoop Dogg, Tupac but she didn't hear like she didn't get what she deserved as like an artist and it's like you know it's, it's just sad when you see these artists and it's like their careers could have been anything but because there is a plan in the business you fall into a piece of that pie
0: right but I will say this so like as you're talking I'm just thinking the scenario so there's not every so every artist doesn't get ripped off like if you're an artist who built up a solid fan base and you have paying fans. Those are customers. You built up a line of business. Those artists need to get treated with fair deals. But then there's artists who is just raw talent, didn't do any of that work, was discovered by somebody who works at a big label and gets offered a whatever they offered to sign with that label. That artist doesn't have that fan base but has a shitload of talent. So that's not even though the the, the the percentage terms is not going to be in the favor of that artist, that artist also has to understand that I wasn't doing what I had to do to create leverage. So therefore, if I sign this, I'm going into this understanding. I got to work 10 times as hard to get my shit out, get, get out of this deal as fast as I can. So I can renegotiate because you're betting on only, but you're betting on your talent only. You're not betting on the, the line of business that, some other artists have built up, you know, by having huge families. So there is two different types of situations that, you know, I'm I'm just not in the mind frame of ever making a shitload of excuses, but at the same time, recognizing the industry is fucked up and designed to kind of keep the artist percentage low and the company percentage high. You know what I'm saying? So
1: you just got to figure out what's right for you like yeah. because and then understanding like you use the word leverage and I think that's an awesome word but understanding your leverage what shots can you call like if they're willing to really pay you a lot you got to understand your worth and if you feel like and then but also on the flip side you're right there are some artists who aren't built for their own distribution deals they're not built for their own you know promotion they're not ready to take that time they've been working on who they are as an MC or as an artist They haven't thought about the rest. So that's when a label is really helpful. And yep. as much as we talk shit yeah, about, it's not, not all yeah.
0: labels are bad. Not all labels are bad, man.
1: depends like, on the deal. It honestly yep. depends on the deal. It depends on the artist because like, you know, you know, I talked about Dre, but Dre also brought out Eminem, 50 Cent, you know, Game, oh, like yeah. Snoop Dogg, Tupac, like, the list goes on of which artist, Kendrick Lamar, the list is just exactly. on and on and on and on. So, you know, but as part of that, there is always a pecking order. Like, you just can't, not everyone's going to be a top dog. You just yeah. can't have that. So there is like, you know, and King Crooked was also signed, and he didn't do Absolutely. much during his period, and he's in, he isn't, but he's fighting with you know, the great. So it's really difficult. Understanding where you sit in comparison to the other artists on the label is also really important. And then at some point you just got to bet on your own talent.
0: Yeah, that you gotta that's that's the key. You gotta bet on yourself if you really feel that your talent can make X amount of dollars and your music can be received at the highest level, then you gotta bet on yourself. Now there, I will say this, though, like, you run into artists that are signed that want to be independent, and then you run into independent artists that want to be signed. So there's reason for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're a signed artist, you're you in the game, you're realizing that you have a shitty deal with a shitload of fans. So now you're like, all right, if I was just independent, how much could I make off my fan base? And then you got the independent artist who's like, I have a growing fan base, but with this machine, I can get more fans. You know what I'm saying? And which one is right? Which one is wrong? Probably they're both right and they're both wrong. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, but, you know, it's a choice. You know, game comes down to choices.
1: The grass is always greener on the other side. Always greener. Yeah, but I think it's just a mindset of a of an artist. Is like, I'm always trying to find the next move. What's my next move? What's my next avenue? And, you know, like you said... They're both wrong they're both right the only thing that makes it right or wrong is whichever choice you make i always say that like whatever you choose is the right choice at the time you just got to trust your instinct
0: definitely definitely, and, and, and be, be an adult about that shit, you know what i'm saying like i put myself in this position i'm gonna scratch and claw my way out you know we're not gonna we're not gonna cry you know what i'm saying we just gonna figure it out you know muscle up and get and take care of it
1: and you know you know, there are some big artists who struggle with deals like Mob Deep struggled with, you know, deals, you know, in Prodigy's book, he was saying that, you know, they they got screwed a couple of times and they didn't really know what they were doing. And, right. you know, and Prodigy wanted to go. I think one of them wanted to go independent. The other one didn't want to go independent. You know, it's just it's just how it is.
0: Yeah, no, it's how it is. And I think a lot of our favorite artists, if, if they come from that golden era, like even before then, even, you know, the the era that birthed the hip hop, those a lot of those artists didn't get shit. They <laughs> they got show money. That's it. A lot of those artists don't even own their music. You know, they don't own a percentage of their music. You know what I'm saying? And that got to change. That got to. That's why I said it got to be reworked from the bottom up. You know, the, the, the forefathers of hip hop who laid the groundwork for me to do what I do some of these guys don't even get paid off their music anymore. And they got some of the biggest hits in hip hop history, you know, and still have fans that grew old with them. You know what I mean? And the only way you can make money is if you do a show, you know, because they don't own the music and, you know, the the people who do own their music, they, they pass on and they pass away and then the family owns their music. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. man. It's crazy.
1: Well, we, we mentioned like learning about, the industry. But I think the real the real challenge is because every there are so many independents. There's no organization to like go, hey, come here, let me teach you about the industry. I feel like that that's the gap is like there's no place. Like you can't be an a like there's no artist school. And I'm not and we're not talking about like how to be a successful rapper. We're talking about how to be a successful Artist, i.e., the business of being an artist. How to monetize that? How to, you know, understand deals? Who to employ in your team? All that shit. There's just no, no nowhere to learn that unless you just do your own, you know, research.
0: Yeah, it's trial and error. It's spending a shitload of money, wasting it. It's research. It's you know, countless of hours on YouTube and Google, figuring it out. You know what I mean? And I think it's part that what I just said is part of the answer. You know, hey, sometimes it's not easy. You just got to, you know, comb through all the bullshit. You know, watch every YouTube tutorial. Some people are giving out great information. Some people are giving out bullshit. Got to figure out which one is good for you. Same with the Googles and articles and all that stuff. Some people are just, you know, clickbait titles. And some people are putting some real dope information out there. So you got to comb through this shit. I don't think one... We don't have the one individual answer that's going to solve this shit. I just think ultimately... You got to do enough research, do enough work, get around enough good people, and then everything hopefully works itself out, you know. But the game is to be sold. And, you know, as long as that's the number one thing, you know, there's going to be people taking advantage of other people. I mean, it just is what it is.
1: Do you have a lesson that, do you have like like a mistake that you made or a lesson that you learned through trial and error that like sticks out for you? Like, do you have a moment where you're like, now nah, that shit's gotta change.
0: Um I haven't hit a hard lesson yet. I kind of I, I would say I caught myself a couple times before it became too crazy, but as an independent the first thing that you notice is you're spending a shitload of money and you ain't making none of it back. <laughs> so that's the first thing you learn. It's like, Oh shit, I'm spending mad money. Like, and there's been many times I got a closet full of these rowdy city shirts and no one's buying this shit unless I have shows, you know what I mean? And that is the, the, the toughest part of trying to figure out where the supply and demand is going to be at, you know what I mean? And I would say, A combination of making, you know, shitty investments on, you know, whether it's promotion, marketing, thinking, hey, if I pay this platform to post my shit, I'm going to blow up. I'm nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, or let me get cool with the DJs at the local radio. No, let me throw them some da 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 da. And let me see them play my joint, and play my record and thinking that's going to blow you up and doesn't work you know what i'm saying like so i think i've been i've been there you know I, I try to pay for radio i try to pay for blog posts i try to pay for whatever like you you just want you just want to get out there you know what i'm saying and you know i think that's as close to me having shitty lessons you know you know shitty experiences become a lessons that i learned from you know what I'm saying?
1: well i think what you've done really well is you've got really dope artists to feature on tracks with you And I think, I think that is one of the best things about hip hop is that features you can make so much money on features and you get your name out there to a new audience of features. And you know, anyone who likes RJ Payne, anyone who likes Mickey facts, anyone who likes John Connor, because you're with them, they all of a sudden hear you and they're like, Oh shit. Now I got someone else that I can follow. So it's like, I feel like that's the real, the network of like having good artists to feature on tracks that you're with and vice versa really elevates your game.
0: No, you're right, man. You're right. And even like just the art of collab, there's an art to that collaboration shit. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like for the longest, I didn't give a fuck about collaborating with nobody. I was in my squad with Rowdy City. If I needed a dope verse, I'll hit up one of my homies to hit me up with a verse or whatever the case is, and we'll we'll knock out a group album or something like that. But like as I got older, I I would even have questions. You know, I would quest, question my little brother like, "Yo, what you think about you know this? What you think I should add to my game?" He like, "Yo, you gotta do features." He like, "You gotta do features," and I'm like, "What you mean you gotta do features? Like I'm this song good as it is, you know what I'm saying?" And he like, "Nah." You're missing a point. Those people that fuck with them, they need to fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? And that kind of sparked me going, oh, shit, okay. You know what? I got a couple industry friends, a couple people that we bumped, we bumped shoulders with and been on the road with and stuff like that. Let me let me call in a couple favors. Let me reach out to a couple people to see if they'll jump on, jump on the record that I got coming out real soon. So that was the start of that, you know what I'm saying, in terms of collaboration.
1: Well, how was it? I, I, I'm i always interested in RJ Payne because, again, in the hip hop, in hip hop heads, if you're a hip hop head, you recognize mm-hmm. that he is at the top of the game. Arguably right now in terms of lyricism, he's definitely up there. But, like, again, he's not as big as, like, you know, your, your mainstream artist. But how was it collabing with him? How was it, you know, actually seeing what he can produce?
0: Yeah, man. First of all, shout out to RJ Payne. He killed, he, he's a, he's an assassin. You know what I'm saying? He's a straight beast and that's what made me, you know, reach out for the feature. You know what I'm saying? Is I'm looking to spar with the best, you know what I'm saying? And I look at him as one of those, you know what I mean? He's one of them guys. And when I'm looking at people who are, who do the type of shit that I do and they're getting recognition for doing that shit, then we need to do music because the way I see it, is I'm in your position before you got to that position. You get what I'm saying? And when I looked at RJ Payne, that was kind of my mindset: was yo, incredible MC, really got his shit from the mud, like grassroots following, doing his thing. You know, not taking no shortcuts. That's almost me. You get what I'm saying? Let me reach out to him, like mine's thinking. Like let me let me send him a joint, see if you fuck with it, and if you fuck with it, we can make it happen. You know what I mean? And you know. Shout out to Larry Tan, his manager. He's the one who set up that, inf- you know, that, that, that connection and the song got made and boom, shakalaka came out to the world and boom, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of my, one of my bigger records out there right now.
1: Did you, were you guys in the studio together or did you do it separately?
0: Nah, we did it separately. Um, that track was actually an older track that I had for probably about a year and a half, two years before he even heard it. You know what I'm saying? I put it out like on a on a project that didn't get much, much uh, attention, but I knew the song was dope. And i was just like, yo, man, if I can get somebody on it and then I don't know how the thought came about me reaching out to pain. But I remember saying I got to get him on a record. And it that was it just happened to be the right record. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, you know, I'm going to send it to him. If he fuck with it, let's make it happen. You know what I mean, so that's how that got that got going.
1: And yeah, and clearly he fucked with it and he killed it as well. Like, that no, I is, guess. yeah, he I, he I never misses. That's the thing. Like, you know if he's on a verse, he's always going to kill it.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's, yo, that's the energy. I'm gravitating towards, like, the, the there's a renaissance happening. You get what I'm saying? There's a renaissance happening. And I think before we know it, the tide is going to slowly come back to that golden era you know feel and it's happening now and you know he's one of those guys that are you know participating in and making making an impact
1: well i think i think you're definitely right i feel like what's cuz i feel like it went it just swung in extremes it was like you know he, classic boom bap beats heavy lyricists, and then it swung to the opposite where it was just like focused on the sound lyricism's not as important and now it's coming back where it's a combination of the new style beats with, you know, boom bap elements. And then the lyrics are coming back and, you know, even mainstream artists are are focusing on that, you know, Drake drops, you know, some really good bars, even though he also drops some, you know, really commercial hits. And so I think there's always going to be a thirst for like, all right, impress me. Uh We always want to be impressed. Like I always love when people like, I'm like, how the fuck did you put that together? Like, there's no Mm -hmm. way I could ever think of that. (laughs) And then, you know, the big pun is probably my favorite artist of all time. And he, every time I listen to pun, I'm like, I don't understand how you figured, how you did that. Like, it's fucked.
0: Incredible. Incredible. You know what I mean? And you bring up a good point about, you know, like, for example, I I remember doing, I used to do a lot of style class shows. Like, I didn't give a fuck who was performing. If it was going to be a couple hundred people there, I needed to be on the show. And, I would perform after like, after like a bunch of trap acts, you know what I'm saying, or whatever the case is. You know, you know, at the time there was mumble raps before it was even just you know, you know, this huge respect for trap music. It, it was mumble raps, and I'll come in right after them, and then it would be like the few select in the crowd was like, "Thank fucking God, thank you God." <laughs> Somebody came out and started spitting bars, you know what I'm saying, and that made me feel good because it made me feel I can go anywhere on God's green earth spit my shit and there's going to be somebody in that crowd that resonates with what i got going on you know what i mean and i don't have to conform and and try to be somebody i'm not so like you bring up a good point when you said that man.
1: and i would be so sad if if there were no more lyricists mm-hmm. honestly it would mean and it would mean hip-hop is no longer really you know hip-hop it just becomes, it would be fully
0: business no culture it would be yeah. fully business no culture
1: well, and, and the culture part of it is like, you know, when people and I've got friends who don't listen to hip hop at all. And I'm like, the thing is, it's not only music. It's like, it's everything. It's like a, oh, yeah. a mindset. It's like the clothes. It's like, and I love seeing that it's in everything right now. Like, you yeah, know, hip
0: hop's a lifestyle, you know, like, you know, this, it's not just the, the, the element of rapping and making rap music like, it's a lifestyle when i say culture it's how you look it's how you it's how you talk it's the people you hang out with it's the social gatherings you go out to it's you know it's it's really a lifestyle you know and it's not for everybody because people don't understand it but hip hop slowly became the number one played genre in all of music and that's because visually people are starting to you know become a part of it, you know? So, you know, we can say whatever we want about TikTok or so whatever the case is, but, you know, a lot of our songs in hip-hop translate over to TikTok, and then now the soccer moms know the names of our songs. You get what I'm saying? Or the names of, you know, bigger artists' songs. So, you know, you, you use that to your advantage, you know?
1: And also, like, in advertising, it's everywhere. You look at every business. They're always using a hip-hop track because there's a feeling you get you know, when I go for a drive and I want to be by the beach and like, I want to, it's hip hop that I'm playing because there's nothing that feels better. It like, there's a mood. There's like a, a, it's, it's more than just music. It's like literally like it's a combination of things. And then, you know, there's also, and also because of trap music, I can also switch my mood. I can just listen to just a banger. I can listen to young thug who mm-hmm. says whatever he says, but it's just pleasant to listen to. And then Absolutely. I change my mood and I want to listen to some heavy lyrical shit. And I switch that on. It's just, that's what's so awesome about hip hop right now is that there's so much and you can just switch and change based on your mood.
0: Yeah, definitely like unlimited styles, you know, unlimited styles, like of hip hop are out there. Like, and the, the way the, the way the game is now is exactly how you described it. Like I can go to I can go to the gym. I was at the gym right before the right before the show. I can go to the gym and I can have my playlist, and it could be ranging anywhere from Nas to Kodak Black. You get what I'm saying? Like, and I could just and I could be okay with that. That's my shit. You get what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like that's the beauty of the game. That's the beauty of the culture. Is we all coming from different places. We all talking about different shit. And we can appreciate that, you know what I mean. Like when I go to other like when I go to other um, cities and, and stuff like that on tour, and we're in a different, a totally different region, they don't do music how I do music. So if I'm in the Bay, if I'm in the Bay Area, shout out to Oakland, you know, shout out, shout out to the whole Bay Area. But if I'm in the Bay, they got a culture out there that's different from the culture that I'm from. So I can go out there and go out to a club and not hear none of the shit that I would ever hear at my clubs at home. And I can appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? And I just think that's the dopest shit about hip hop is you can go anywhere and hip hop going to be represented and it's going to be, it's going to be turfed up. It's going to be love. I mean,
1: well, the thing about hip hop that is really unique to me is the love of where you come from, because I don't really hear that in a lot of music where they shout out, you know, the place where they grew up. But what do you think that is about, you know, having paying respect to where you come from, paying respect to your local scene before you get to the mainstream. And then even once you do they always shout it out. I mean, you shout it out a lot, but what do you think that is about hip hop that, you know, it's really ingrained into the, to the mindset?
0: Yeah. I just think, um, when you, when you're doing this hip hop shit, where you from means so much because that's the story you tell. Me. That's the first story you start telling. Me. You know, I'm from such and such. You know, I rep this block. I'm from this hood. This is how we talk. This is how we dance. This is how we do our thing. And it becomes, it becomes territorial at, you know, at, you know, where this is how we talk, this is how we do it. And you know what I mean? And I just think that's the basic element of the shit. You know what I'm saying? And then as you as you continue to grow. You know, you want to put your hood on a map. So that's kind of like the, the feeling is I'm, I'm from such and such projects. I want to put my hood on the map. You know what I'm saying? And that's always going to be there in hip hop because hip hop is the genre of the less fortunate. You get what I'm saying? So like hip hop is the genre that I don't have to have. I don't have to come from a privileged background and I could become a person that provides a privileged background with the success of hip hop. You get what I'm saying? So like, that's the beauty of this shit. So it's always going to be where you from, you know, it's always going to be that and that's street culture in general, you know, hip hop is from the street. So, you know, that's a common, that's common. Where you from? You know, who's your family? You know what I'm saying? Like who you related to, that's always going to be a part of the culture. And it's probably the most important part because now you get to understand you know, why people talk, how they talk and, you know, how they look, how they look. You know what I'm saying? It's because they're from different places. You know what I mean?
1: So how long, when, when did you start rapping or when did you start actually, like, developing your craft?
0: So I think everybody has this period, if you're going to be an MC, everybody has this period where, they they writing on a low. Like they they jotting down lines. <laughs> they, they they rapping it to themselves with nobody at the crib. They try to get it right. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I had that feeling probably when I was like 16, 17. Um, had that feeling. All right, cool. You know what? I see a couple cats outside doing it. You know what I'm saying? I could do that shit. I could put my I could put my balls together, da-da-da-da. And then it becomes. It, for me, it became I got good enough on my own practicing on myself where I was ready to show people my shit. You get what I'm saying? And you know, this is obviously pre-internet and shit like that, how we do it now, but you had to be outside. And there was ciphers and there was battles and all that. And to me, it was the rush of first seeing that and then going and going home, writing my own shit. Like, oh man, if I If I get the chance, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. And I said, that that was my first love for that shit was the competitive, the ciphers, the battles. That was my first love for wanting to do this shit. I would say around 16, 17.
1: I feel like ciphers are not talked about enough because, you know, if you fuck up a cipher, you got everybody else who just kills that shit. You lose a lot of, because literally compare the pair. It's like it's head to head. So like, how was it for you doing your first one? Like, well, what do you remember the feeling of actually being like, oh, I've been writing and kind of doing it myself, but now I'm actually going to perform for the first time.
0: I, I, I have bits and pieces of that memory and I remember killing it. <laughs> I remember going crazy in the cypher, but I remember leading up to it nervous as fuck when it was about to be my turn because it was my first time about to do it. But I just knew once I got my first, and any, probably any MC can relate to this shit. Once you get your first line or two out there, you flow, you good. Like, you know what I mean? And that's what it it took for me was to just actually go ahead and do it. You know what I mean? And it started off as, it started off as fun. Like, oh shit, like, you want your homies to like it. You know what I'm saying? You want your homies, and then once your homies start to say, yo, you actually got some shit you know, now you start to take it serious. So it's kind of like confidence breeds more confidence. You know what I mean? That's what happened in my circumstance anyway.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, I remember watching a uh, a video was um, on a radio show and it was like three dudes were coming in with a freestyle and one of them fucked it up. And it was just like, damn, like imagine being on. I think it was Sway. They were on Sway in the morning. I think it was like, I, I, don't, I don't even remember who it was, but I remember them fucking it up. And it's like, that would be the worst thing ever because like that's your opportunity. You know, that's your chance. And I feel like, you know, hip hop and music in general is one of those games where you have an opportunity, you got to deliver, you know, there's no time for mistakes or second guessing. Like, and if you didn't prepare, you're not built for it. Like, yeah. because. And
0: this, is, this is a braggadocious sport. Let's believe this is a braggadocious sport. So when you, when you take the title of I'm a rapper, you're going to get people that say, "Well, rap, rap right now, spit right now." You get what I'm saying? Like you're going to get that, and you know you gotta just be on top of your shit. You know, you know. Sometimes you you could be having the shittiest day, you could be having the worst day, but you when it comes time to pick up that mic or when it comes time to to rap or freestyle or whatever, you gotta do it just because that come with the sport, and it's a braggadocious sport. You're supposed to feel like you're the best version of you at all times and you can compete with anybody you know what i mean and it just come with it man It's, it's the beauty of
1: it i think that's the difference between professionals and people who think they can be rappers or mcs is like you know the professionals they perform day in day out regardless of what's going on in their life like you know they just got off the phone with their kids or they had a fight with their girl or like that like they're coming off some shit but they still come out there, they still perform, they don't make any mistakes and they kill it. And then they go back to reality like, you know, oh, you know, someone has to pay the rent, someone has to do this, but you still kill it. That's the difference between a professional and someone who's just there and they think they're good. Like the pro knows all the time, I'm going to kill it, never makes mistakes. No, 1000%. And a lot of
0: times, like the pro has, has learned how to cover up the mistake. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, sometimes like, trust me, like I've, I've seen the, the greatest MCs get up there for a song that they perform 500 times, 10,000 times, forget the lyrics. It, it happens. You blank out. It just, whatever you ate that day, I don't know what the hell happened. Like, but you learn how to fix that line. And like I said, once you, once you once you know that next line, you're going to get you're going to get through the rest of your shit you know what i'm saying so i just think that's uh that is the professional part you know what i'm saying is you know number one always staying ready but number two knowing that if i fuck up i'm still ready enough to fix my fuck up you know what i mean And you know that's the difference between somebody who can go to a, like like you said a sway in the morning or something like that and they can kill it or you can just fold and you can fuck up and you might not ever recover. You know, that recovery is key. You know what I mean? We all do it. You know, you can, you probably can go to pull up 50 YouTube videos of your favorite MCs going to a radio station and rapping. And and if you, if you really listen to the shit, you can hear when they're fucking up, but you can also hear them getting right, punching right through it. You know what I mean? So it's the beauty of this shit, man. It's the beauty. It, It come with it. It come with it, you know? And it ain't meant to be perfect. It ain't meant, hip hop ain't meant to be perfect. Hip hop is meant to be raw, rugged. It's it's meant to have emotions. It's meant to have a bunch of intangible shit that it don't make shit. It don't, it's not perfect. You know what I mean? Like my favorite music didn't have the cleanest mixes. You get what I'm saying? Like it's just, it's some music can sound too clean. You get what I'm saying? Like sometimes you just need a little edge to it, you know?
1: Well, I think that's what a lot of the classic albums did really well is they do have that edge. Like uh, there's just – they just have there's – there's like you're right, the griminess, the greediness of it, the feeling is what you get from it rather than like, oh, this is studio shit. Like and I, I, it just depends on your sound. But one thing I was going to say is like, you know, artists always say that like especially if they're performing, if you know how to cover up stuff or you work through like a fuck up, the audience will never know because I think it's planned. So you can do anything as long as you do with confidence. And as long as you like, we'll get through it, then the audience will always be there. And they'll write. You don't go
0: long as you don't go like a, a, a big period of time where it's noticeable. You can cover that shit up, you know, and be just be an MC about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you can go into many different bags, but you're right. Like that part of it, everybody's been there. Like if you've done enough shows, if you've done enough performances, you've done enough ciphers, you've done enough battles, everybody's been there when you fucked up. And it's all about that quick recovery, quick recovery. You know what I'm saying? And it is what it is. You know, it comes with it. I love it. You know what I'm saying? And even like that's being appreciated now with, with Swiss beats with the verses and stuff like that, right? So now you're able to showcase your platform. Like even like mainstream artists, they get to showcase their talent on the, on the grandest of all platforms and be celebrated for the shit that they put out. And sometimes they're going up there and they're still fucking up. You know what I'm saying? They're still fucking up their old lyrics and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But you know they reached a level where it's appreciated. You know what I mean? So it, is, it come
1: with it. Well, do you have live shows coming up? Obviously, you know, COVID is still like, you know, in the air. But I feel like these days people are kind of more chilled about it. Like you still got people talking about it, but I don't know about you, but I definitely I'm just ready for life to move on. But do you have shows like planned, booked? Do you are you thinking about doing tours?
0: Yeah, man. No, nah, I, I definitely have shows. I've had had shows since the pandemic, like, um, and it's really it's it's case by case. You know, some venues, you know, they're comfortable with having um vaccine mandates only, you know, so that obviously will limit the amount of uh, people who can attend the show because not everybody in, in the States anyway, it's not everybody's getting that shot. You know what I'm saying so you kind of well. is it over there too. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, I mean, you know, so, we
1: had the recent controversy with Novak Djokovic, the tennis player. I saw that. Yeah. yeah, I saw yeah. That. that was big. That was in the news every day. And so I think he got like a three year ban or something. He's not coming back for a while. And he's, That's he's, crazy. he's, yeah, he's like, you know, I'm not getting the vaccine. Um, and he's a professional it's controversial. Yeah. It's
0: controversial, man. Like for a pro legend, that's a legend. You know what I'm saying? Like for him to experience that, you know, obviously you got Kyrie Irving, you know, going through what he went through and he stood for standing on his, his principles and stuff like that, you know, it's so what I've what I've experienced from shows that I've already had already during the pandemic is people want live hip hop and The people who do come out, they're enjoying themselves. They're having a great time. You know, I've been at venues where you have to wear your mask the whole time unless you're performing. You get what I'm saying? And the second you're off the stage, you got to put that shit back on and everybody in the crowd has masks. Then I've also been in venues that you show your Vax card at the beginning. You take your mask off. You just partying like COVID never existed. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's, you know, know, case by case. But... I have shows. I'm going to continue doing shows um, and I'm going to continue to, you know, be available. You know what I'm saying? I like, I'm ready. You know what I mean? So whenever the world opens back up, I'm definitely doing international shows. I have international shows pending, you know what I'm saying? So it's already some that were booked way back in early 2020 that got rescheduled from April and February. I mean, April, May, and June of 2020 to, this year with new shows being worked on and stuff like that. And we're, we're planning to take the risk. We're, we're risking the fact that the show might get canceled. You know what I'm saying? We're risking the fact that COVID might spike and shut everything down again. You know what I mean? Um, I'm taking the risk. Um, and it's just something that I'm just not going to give up on. You know, I want things to go back to normal. I did whatever they asked me to do. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I'm not going to live in a bubble for too long and I'm outside. So I got shows coming up, uh, one this, uh, next Tuesday. Um, I'll be rocking with Rome streets. Um, we got a show coming up in New York, big show, big show. So um, everybody needs to come out to that. Um, and then I have, um, that following Sunday, I have a headliner show, um, out here in, in Manchester, New Hampshire. So I'll, I'll have fun over there as well. So I got shows coming up and plenty more in, in you know, March, You know, March, April, and May. So be on the lookout for sure.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I think everybody's wanting live events, and you know, I think you're right. You you, at some point, we all got to live our lives again, and you know, like we can't live in fear. It's contradictory.
0: Like if I'm if I'm in the supermarket, if we're if we can all go to a supermarket, stand in line. We're not honoring the six feet policy. I've been in many supermarkets. Everyone's right over my shoulder. We're all touching the same meat packages and pause. We're all talk the the potato chip bags and all that shit. Well, you gotta so, you
1: gotta feel the avocados, right? You can't just buy you know an avocado. What I'm
0: there you go, I mean, and then like, and then you know, half the people in the store have been tested. Half the people haven't been tested. It's just. It is what it is. So if we all could be in a Walmart, if we all could be at a grocery store, if we all could be there, then we could all be at a show. That's maybe I'm looking at it too basic, but that's kind of how I'm looking at it.
1: Well, I just think you know, I yeah, I just think we can't live in fear forever. Um, but like we we just got to live our lives again. We two years we've been we're gonna like COVID's just gonna be normal. We're gonna have to yeah. live with it. It's just how it is. So we got to figure out the fastest way to just get back to life and just live with it. And, you know, part of that is having people like you perform. Part of that is having, you know, concerts and having events again and giving some something for people to look forward to. Cause once you cancel that shit, what's the point? You know, if I'm stuck in my house, what's the point?
0: We're bringing back normalcy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's, it's people, it's the independent artists like myself and other artists that are not, going to allow the the coronavirus to, you know, shut us completely down, you know what I'm saying? Like we're still making great music, you know, we're still putting out a lot of video content, you know, we're on social media every day. And even for some artists, it's the only way they can make an income. So think of it that way, you know, a lot of times a lot of people lost their jobs, you know, and I feel bad for those, those people who lost their jobs. And there was a lot of artists who lost their income, just like that, you know, and a lot of these artists have shitty record deals. They're not making that point zero 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 three cents Cent Spotify. They're the only thing, only money they make is from doing a show or selling a merch, a piece of merch, you know. And when that got taken away, you know, there was no sympathy. It was no, <laughs> it was no GoFundMe for all the artists that lost their gigs, you know what I mean? But also the other people the
1: with the show. Like, you know, yes. it, it, people forget it's not just like you're the artist, you're the only one, but there's security, there's lights, there's everybody else that you yes. employ to make a show happen. So it's not only you that gets paid. It's everybody right. else that needs to make the show, the venue owners, you know, the the people have to work the desk. There's, you know, wh- whoever it is that you got to employ, you got to get cleaners in there to make sure it's ready to go. Like it's a flow and effect that, you know, shows aren't only about artists. Right, They're about everybody right. else that gets paid in the process. Oh, so, look, and I feel idea. like people look at it really simplistically, but you got to understand how complex it is to put on a show, to understand how many people actually get paid, to understand that, you know, if anything, you as the artist take the biggest risk because you don't know how much money you're going to make until, you know, showtime. You know, you yeah. don't know how much merch you can sell. It's,
0: it, it's a great point. And like, the amount of people, the amount of employees that, you know, that eat off a show, you know what I'm saying? What about all the food that the artist orders? What about the, the drinks that the artist buys? You know what I'm saying? Like just, the, it's, it's kind of like when the, obviously super, you know, the analogy may, may, may hit a miss, but when the Olympics comes to a city, it's so much jobs that open up, you know what I'm saying? There's so much, you know, money that's brought to that city because of the Olympics, because of the event and, in our crazy world that's a hip-hop show so if a hip-hop show comes to to a certain city we're bringing money into that city for that night whether it's you know drinks food merchandise clothing you know like you said the bartenders security venue owners lighting like sound man dj like everyone's getting paid you know what i'm saying so that right that that one venue Loses money now. Times that times every venue in the city that was hosting a rock show, hosting you know a hip hop show, hosting a pop show. You know it kind of and also virus, fucked a lot of shit up.
1: And the people who are going, they're going to make a night of it. They're going to go. I'm going to go to the rock show, but then I'm going to go to a club and I'm going to go drink there. Oh, let's go have dinner first. And it stimulates oh, yeah. the economy. That's what that's what all this does. That's what events do. Like, and you're 100 right with the Olympics. Like. We had in Melbourne, we've got the Moto GP, uh, the Grand Prix in Melbourne, and every year it's a pain in the ass because they shut roads down. It's loud. It's annoying. But the amount of money that comes into the city by having a world event, it's unparalleled and it's broadcast. And it's the same thing with the show that like, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Like, yes, OK, <laughs> it is. yes, Like before not the a- show.
0: You're going yeah. to the mall. You're buying clothes. You're buying you're buying your, your outfit for the show. You're buying something to eat before you go to the show. You're having this, you're at the show now. You're having drinks. You're having whatever bar food they got. After that, you might invest in the Uber. You might go to a hotel. You might go to the after party. That is so much money that one little show, a couple hundred people made, you know, made possible. You know what I mean? a whole bunch of people ate from that show. So it's, it, it's crazy when you really start to break it down the importance of, uh, you know, canceled shows and tours and stuff like that. It's crazy.
1: And also like, you know, the people who make the, the merch that you, that you sell, you got to sell merch so wow. that you can buy more. Like it's a flow and effect. I feel like you can't look at it like just as ready rock D. It's not just you who makes this happen. It's everybody else who makes it happen. But I mean, I've only got one more question for you, and it's probably yeah, going to be ahead. the hardest question. Uh, it's the only question that I plan, but if you had to recommend one album that everybody listens to at least once to get an appreciation of, what would it be? It can't be your own, obviously, and it can be any any genre.
0: Ooh, okay. Number one album. Hmm.
1: Just that people have to, you know, everyone should listen to at least once.
0: Everyone should listen to it at least once. The album that comes to mind to me is the Black Album by Jay-Z. I just remember never not playing that album. Like once I played it, I played I played it so I couldn't play it no more. Um, I just think it takes you through every emotion, you know, that he experienced as an artist. You know, um, I would say, I would say that. And it's probably one of the albums that a lot of people don't, I don't know. I don't hear a lot of people talk about that album, you know, as much as they should, but that's one of my go-to albums. You know, I would say the Black Album by Jay-Z.
1: Great choice. I think it can be hard to be disappointed with Jay-Z in general. I mean, one one of the greats and, you know, one of the people who for me personally, I always look at is like, you know, he showed how to make the business side work as an artist. And we talked a lot about it, but like, he really elevated who he was from an artist to the mogul that he's become.
0: Definitely. he became the gold standard. Like at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? As an MC, you know, we all want to be recognized for our, for our talent. He's done that. You know, he's recognized for his business acumen. We all want to be want that, you know, to be us. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he he's tried, he's failed, you know what I'm saying? They bounced back, got stronger. You know, he became the gold standard through longevity of, you know, of a great career and still going. So like, you know, that's, that could be why he, that was the first album that popped up in my head when you thought, when you you brought up that question, you know what I mean? But he, he embodies probably what most MCs would want to ultimately their success level to be like.
1: Agreed. I think, yeah. And, you know, he's got a stable relationship with Beyonce, obviously like, and, he just he just seems to make the right moves. He's made an I think, but he's made enough mistakes to know what to do. Like it's now it just built over time, and you know longevity is what we all strive for at the end of the day. Like, and, and the good news is, my friend, is you're gonna. It looks like you're on the same path in terms of you know building a long career. Obviously, you know as I said at the beginning, you're working with some of the great artists. Your beat selection is really good. Your bars are coming yeah. out. So I'm excited to see what else you can do. Um, obviously, for anybody who who if you didn't if you missed it throughout the show, don't know how, but buy some merch because that's how it keeps artists going. Obviously, you can follow him on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, however it is. But yeah, if you really want to support artists, buy the merch. Make sure you get CDs, T shirts. Um, he's got a T shirt right here wearing it, so you can actually see what it looks like um, for the. Just got to support us, man. But I, I appreciate you coming through.
0: No, I appreciate you having me, man. It's been a pleasure. Can't wait to do it again. You know what I mean? We gonna get, we gonna get up later on in the year, maybe. I got a shitload of music coming out. I'm excited about it. It's, it's my best work to date. I promise you. You know, please tap in. Stay tuned. I got a shitload of content coming out, including videos. I got show announcements coming out, you know what I mean? So please just stay tuned, tap in with me. The, the platform that I use most is Instagram. So if you want to connect with me on a personal level, tap in with me over there. No problem. I hit anybody back. That's what social media is for. You know what I'm saying? I ain't too cool to not hit you back. You know what I mean? But um, if I'm in your area, copy ticket to a show. Meet me at the merch table. I'm there from the beginning to the end. You know, I'm not one of them VIP dudes that's going to be in the back all day, waiting until it's my turn to perform. You see me at the merch table. I'm there. I jump on stage and I'm back at the merch table, trapping it and getting to it. You know what I mean? And I'm vibing with the people. So that's the type of guy I am. I want to thank y'all once again for having me. Whatever y'all need on my end, I got y'all back. You know what I'm saying? We're going to push forward in 2022.
1: Appreciate it, man. And hopefully you can get on your international tour. We can do this face-to-face because, you know, as much as I love Zoom can't beat face to face and yeah my fingers are crossed man and as we said you know if you if you are unsure about going to shows go to shows it supports more than the artist it supports everybody else so at a time like this shows are the best thing you can do you know go out live your life obviously safely we'll throw that in there absolutely obviously safely but also you know if you can support local artists they've been really struggling and obviously bars venues that kind of stuff support them as well
0: absolutely yeah I'm 100%
1: co-sign that Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.